Welcome to the Extra Magic Hour, brought to you by the DCast and the DizInsider.com. What do you get when you cross a former Disney cast member and a Disney superfan? You get the Extra Magic Hour, covering all things Disney parks, past, present, and future. Now hang on to them hats and glasses, because here's the wildest Disney parks podcast in the wilderness. Hey everyone, this is Sean. And welcome to the Extra Magic Hour. This is a podcast covering all things of the Disney parks, uh, mostly Disneyland Resort, though. Uh, we are brought to you by the DCast and by the DizInsider.com. Brooke, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing awesome. How are you, Sean? Not too bad. Uh, second podcast of the night, so we're coming in right Ooh. after right, right yeah. after the DCast. So if, for those of you that don't know, uh, we record this on Wednesday night right after we record our DCast with the whole crew. So um what do we got going this week? Well, firstly, I felt like it was a super good show. Yes. I, thank you to Andy for those frappuccinos. Mm. Those were delicious, and that caffeine is going to keep that and my Diet Pepsi are going to I keep me going. I realized after I had that, I probably shouldn't have ended up being <laughs> diabetic, but hey, oops. Whoops. <laughs> yeah, not good. Uh, so we'll see. Yeah, so I was going through a few things. Firstly, I was going through my Facebook memories because every so often I like to see what I did on that day Mm -hmm. and if there was anything that I want to talk about. And on the 24th of 2016, I remembered that my mom and I got to go to the El Capitan Theater in uh, on Hollywood Hollywood Boulevard Boulevard, uh, to see a special airing of The Princess and the Frog. And we got to meet John and Ron, so John Musker oh, nice. and Ron Clements. Right on. And I just remembered how pleasant that <laughs> that whole trip was. That right was on. wonderful. Um, I'm seeing Onward with Andy on February 29th, so that, on the Saturday. Saturday. Right? Yeah. Yep. That's the sneak it, peek, which is all over the... It is. I'm so excited. Uh, when this podcast comes out, I believe... All theaters are going to be sold out, but it's worth a shot. Like, see if your local yeah. theater is playing it for this one time only before it debuts on March 6th. Absolutely. Um, and then lastly, I've been gearing up for my next trip to SoCal, uh, which I booked the ticket right as we were starting the decast. Oh, right on. Yeah. So I'm, when are you going back? Um, I'm going back it first weekend of April. So the 3rd through the 7th, I don't know which day or days I'm going to be in the Disney parks, uh, but I'm just going to play it by ear. Right on. But we are going the, uh, we're going the week before. So we'll be there the week before you. So we'll just miss each other. Yeah. But you're going to be in a group of like 20, 20 people. Yep, 20 people. So that's difficult <laughs> enough to keep up with everyone. Even with the matching shirts, people, it's right. hard to keep track of everyone. We're only matching shirts one day this time. So that'll be... <laughs> Going a little more freestyle this year. So this week, yeah, this year. Yeah. So what's happening on the show tonight? Uh, we're going to talk about what's happening in the parks first, and then we're going to do some history. Then we're going to obviously we're going to touch on the Bobs because yeah. big news coming from the Bob Iger and by Bob Chapik. Um, we're going to, uh, like I said last week, we're going to have one week where we feature an attraction. This week we're going to feature a cast member. Uh, Brooke has something put together for a cast member there. Uh, our topic of the week we're going to be our favorite sit down restaurant and our favorite quick serve restaurant, the Disneyland Resort. 
And then we have an attraction versus attraction battle. Uh, one has to go and uh, one stays and one gets demolished, theoretically. It will be Pirates of the Caribbean versus Indiana Jones. <laughs> That's a hard so one. So that will be, um, that'll be our little battle tonight. We'll decide, see which one stays oh, and which one goes. Before we get started, Absolutely. though, I was watching Disney Fairy Tale Weddings on Disney Plus, mm -hmm. And I'm normally not a huge wedding person, but I am a huge party person. I love the way that Disney puts together special events and parties. And it made me thinking, it made me, yeah, it's clearly later at night now. It got me thinking, would you ever want a Disney fairy tale wedding? Absolutely. Really? I, I thought like, oh, that'd be super cool. I went there on my but... honeymoon. So I, I, when we were there on our honeymoon, we actually saw, we the Disneyland, at the Disneyland hotel. Mm -hmm. And uh, we actually saw the, the cherry and everything right there. And there was a, they actually had weddings like, in the courtyard of the hotel back mm -hmm. then. So we were watched it. We kind of stepped far away and watched it. Winning. Yeah, I would, have, I would love to do it. I would love to maybe renew my vows there someday because I oh, think that'd, that'd be, be absolutely awesome. amazing. So maybe my 30th anniversary will do that. It's coming up in four yeah. years. So we'll do that. Well, we Talk got for to, a second while I plug in my computer. Yeah, so. for sure. We got to the price points because all of these weddings were wanting such huge things. And we're like, oh, my gosh, that's so amazing. They have all these surprises. But I remembered even though Disney does it super well, that must be super expensive. And I thought... As cool as that is, I feel like I would much rather use that money to buy passes for Disney or buy, like, heck, you could probably buy yourself a Club 33 membership oh, you for, probably could. Yeah. for as That's... much money as it costs for that. So I thought, okay, maybe it'd be cute to bring your group like, hey, whoever has a pass will come and take cute pictures. Right. But I wasn't... I don't think I would ever want to spend I've money. I've heard the weddings aren't cheap. Um, if you guys listen to um, our other Whoa. shows, Andy did an interview with the Super Carlin Brothers um, on Monday. It, it came out. And uh, one of them, I'm not sure which one it was, actually got married at Walt Disney World. Good for and them. I was talking about that. I couldn't imagine the, the cost of taking your whole family there mm -hmm. and taking, you know. But, but if I could afford it, absolutely. I would do yeah. it anytime. And if you were going to drop the money, I would say pick a unique location pick something really out there uh there you go just handed him a pen <laughs> but yeah that, that just got me thinking uh parks news next correct parks what's happening in the disney parks a oh lot's happening goodness, this week a lot so when this <coughs> podcast drops we were recording on a wednesday yes. uh this Comes is going to friday. drop on friday right as i'm in my engineering class but on tuesday yesterday it was abruptly announced that Bob Iger was out as CEO of the Walt Disney Company mm -hmm. effective immediately, and his successor, Bob Chapek, was yep. in. Now, this was a shock to the community because even though uh, Bob Iger said about a year ago that he was about ready to leave and he wanted to step down um, after mostly the Fox merger right. and what he's done for uh, Disney Plus releasing that. Uh, he was going to stay on until the end of 2021. Yes, uh, he is as the new chairman, but he had not named any official successors and he had not named an official date right. that he would, been, he would be stepping down. So the fact that it all just sort of came at once was a huge shock and sent everyone into a... <laughs> A mob conspiracy panic. mode and what's happening. I yeah. was at, I was at work yesterday and people know that I like 
Disney stuff and people came from downstairs. What do you think Bob Iger did? I'm like, nothing. He just doesn't want to do this anymore. And he's taking over as the, he'll still be the chairman basically. And he'll be in mm-hmm. charge of, um, was it uh, something creative endeavors? Yes. So Bob Chapik will still report to Bob Iger for the next 22 months. Um, he did say that he will basically just take everything that, uh, Bob Iger's created and mm-hmm. just run with it and just keep st- steady the course. I really do hope that's what happens. Uh, there have been uh, reactions, both positive and negative oh, yeah. uh, about it. I, I'm interested to see where it goes for sure. I have good expectations, but at the same time, I'm a little concerned with um, the state of Parks Entertainment. Sure. So Disney Parks Entertainment is obviously one of my favorite things. That's what you did. So Yeah, yeah. and it holds a very special place in my heart. I understand the nuances of – thank you. I'm closer to the mic. I understand the nuances of the small shows, and I've seen so many atmosphere entertaining entertainment offerings be cut and places where they could be put in. So I – always want to advocate for those. And, you know, <clears throat> I don't like that everyone is in a mob panic right now. Oh, I don't think that's what we should, we should not be panicking. But, you know, if you really are concerned about things such as live entertainment, if you're concerned about the well-being of shows and future shows, I highly suggest that one, when you can go and attend that show, they count how many people watch each show, it doesn't matter if it's the Straw Hatters band, it doesn't matter if it's the Disneyland band, or the Five and Dime, or uh, Mickey and the Magical Map, they count how many people are interested in seeing that show. And luckily, now that we have, so for better or for worse, now with social media, Mm -hmm. we do have more of a voice to say, hey, these are things that I really love in the parks. These are things that I would Go and see, use your voice there, and especially make time to go and tell guest relations at City Hall or the Chamber of Commerce and say like, hey, this is something I love. I found a direct quote from Walt Disney in 1960 that I found very interesting Mm -hmm. for the situation. My brother is the president and chairman of the board. And he worries about the finances and distribution of corporate matters. My sole concern is production. Production and the show, as we call it, at Disneyland. I don't even attend the board of directors meetings if I can help it. It's two (laughs) separate worlds. Right. And. So Bob Iger is becoming Walt Disney. mm Mm-hmm. Works for me. Yeah. And I have no problem at all with the guy who's been in charge of parks for the past four years running the Walt Disney company. Cause this is a park show, obviously. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. He was, he was huge in the, in galaxy's edge. And like you said, there was extra stuff set up for that entertainment wise that hasn't happened yet. But I, I feel like down the road, it still will happen. They've, un, they've unleashed a little bit of it with the R2D2 coming out. And I, I think there will be more. Um, I know there's a lot of concern about China and all that. And mm-hmm. in the interview yesterday, they asked Bob Chapik, they said, what do you think about the coronavirus? And he goes, it's a, it, it's a bump in the road. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing you can do about it. He's, so He's it, definitely in a situation where what can you do about it? But right. 
when you're in charge of the money. There's, then, yeah, and that's what he is. He's from what I've read and what I, from what I've learned, the research the past couple of days about this is he's, he's the money guy. He's all about the money. He's about making it efficient. You know, mm-hmm. like you said, all the comments online, Michael Eisner 2.0, which I'm fine with that. I, I thought Eisner did a lot of good things for, for the park. So I look at this as a good thing because this guy's parks is parks and this is going to be, mm-hmm. hopefully he puts more into the parks and, I hope so. I also hope that Josh D'Amaro, who was, he was the former president of the Disneyland Resort, but he recently moved over to Walt Disney World. Like just two or three months ago. Yeah, we were so sad that we lost him. (laughs) Uh, He is someone who I genuinely feel cares about his cast members and cares about what happens in the parks. We would always see him, like, walking around. So... To have that kind of energy going through, I hope that he maybe has some say in things. I know that being CEO right. encompasses all everything, everything. of the IPs, but the the parks are special to us. And if you're listening to this podcast, clearly yep. the Disney parks are special to you as well. My my daughter said that uh, when she worked at Disney World, she um, she, she met Bob Chapek once. She said she said he was a really really nice guy. And she she just saw Bob Iger once, but she said Chapik was a really, really nice guy. And she okay. she enjoyed, you know, just kind of just a quick, hey, how are you kind of thing. Yeah. But she liked him. So she, I think it's going to be good. I mean, I wish, I wish everyone wouldn't jump off the, you know, run off the bridge because they're freaked out that something's going to go. Well, think about how people react to a, an attraction getting an update. Think about how oh, yeah. people react in general. I think as much as I love the Disney fandom and our community that we've established mm-hmm. – we all tend to get into a mob mentality yep. and there's nothing good that can come of that. Just all collectively take a deep breath and be aware, but not concerned. The Dapper Dans are going nowhere. Yeah. Oh, so that was, that was the first thing that I happened. saw that all over, all over, all over the internet yesterday too. When are the Dapper Dans going to end? They're not going to go anywhere. They're, they're, they're great. Mm-hmm. People blamed him for, um, the, Guardians of the Galaxy skinning, okay. I, th- I think it's better than Tower of Terror, so I'm not. Yeah. I, I, I think everything he's done, he was, he was on main thing for Galaxy's Edge, so I think he was. I think he's gonna do fine. Yeah. Everyone needs to relax. Let's see what happens. Twenty two months when Iger's gone for gone completely, because he still has to report to Bob Iger for the next twenty two months. So he does. Okay, what is our next topic on the list? Hey, we're still talking about what's happening in the we park. Are, we talked oh, about okay. that early, but we that's are still fine. talking. We about- already talked about the bobs. We won't talk about it later. Now. Oh, we talked man. about it. Now it's okay. You're fine. Now what's tell us what's happening in the parks? Okay, <laughs> so my favorite. It's Friday when this is released. Yes. So happy opening to Magic, Magic happens. happens. The brand yes. new Disneyland Resort Parade. I am so proud of everyone I know who has worked on this parade. I it. Looks like it is. You have a lot of friends that are involved in this. I do. I'm not. You can't. You can't say that's. Fine. I'm not sure if I'm supposed to say who they are. You don't but have to. Yeah. Good luck. Good luck to all of you because it's going to be great. It looks great. I cannot wait to see it. Opens Friday. Um, I was telling him in the decast recording that I actually bought the uh, the uh, lunch the lunch. Oh you yes. Know, Plaza and lunch thing. So when you go, when you go down there in a couple of weeks, uh, the preferred viewing, you get the preferred viewing, which you get to sit there and not have to wait for hours and just get to walk in. So I'm here to see the parade and they have a spot for you and you get That's to have lunch at the, the Plaza Inn, which doesn't suck either. So I'm not. Yeah. Plaza Inn yeah. has some great fried chicken. Oh yes. I can't wait. Walt's favorite. <laughs> um, 
yes. So that tonight when we're recording on Wednesday is the cast member preview. So cast members, uh, no photos, no videos allowed, but they will be the first to experience the parade as soon as the park closes. So in just a few hours, they'll be watching it. You think Uh, someone will sneak a camera in? Someone always does. And okay. (laughs) It always winds up on YouTube tomorrow. (laughs) Here's, here's my, uh, take on that. Is it really worth it to sneak a video in? Because that's how we get our privileges taken away. This is how we get nice things taken. It's like the sporks at galaxy's edge. It's exactly the same way. Yeah. Now you gotta buy them. Yeah. Those were wonderful and added to the story, but everyone kept taking them or throwing them away. And now we don't have them just. Now you can buy one for $12. Be a sport for $12. As a cast member, people have such wonderful privileges that no one else gets to see. We get to have the curtain drawn back in a way that no one else does. Uh, And it can be hard realizing that you walk away from the job really without anything tangible. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can always film it later. Right. It comes out In literally the next day. Right. Literally the next day. You're fine. Uh, speaking of previews, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway yes. Railway in Disney Hollywood Studios in Florida uh, is currently doing cast member previews as well. It opens March 4th, right? I believe so. March 4th, which is our... Zach, our intern's birthday. Hey! <laughs> How old are you turning, Zach? 17. Yo! <laughs> okay. So, before that, uh, cast members have been allowed to get previews for that. Uh, if you're listening and you don't already have your preview and you work at the Walt Disney World Resort, I believe you can book those through the hub, which is the cast members only intranet system, not internet system, intranet system, uh, and reserve a slot. But everyone who goes gets a souvenir ticket to the brand new short that is premiering at the Chinese theater. And that's what starts off the attraction. That's the entire story. Uh, People are saying, without revealing anything, (laughs) uh, people are saying that it is taking a previously used technology in theme parks that was very common right. and taking it to the next level, taking out the complaint that everyone had about this technology. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Very and excited. I'm looking forward to 2022 when it comes to Disneyland over behind Roger Rabbit. Oh, so excited <laughs> for that. Excited that Roger Rabbit is staying. Excited. I, I hope that none of that gets delayed. That, from costs. That's I heard, really scared. The, I saw a different video before any of that stuff happened about because of what's happening in China. Mm-hmm. Fresh Baked did a video on that about how it could affect, it, it could delay like, are, construction. But mm-hmm. why would you, you're already doing it. You've already started. I don't see a reason to put the money into it. To I hope it doesn't delay it. I hope There's not no either. Now, it. these are all rumors right. that we're talking about, but these rumors they're are hypotheticals. V- yeah. yeah. The, they're very loud that uh, some things, some projects that were already promised, such as uh, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway in Disneyland and the revitalizing of Toontown 
and the revitalizing and reimagining of Tomorrowland or... That might be put on hold for a little bit. I I could see that happening until they kind of figure out how long they're going to be... They're talking about losing $300 million in the next – over this, the coronavirus, just from China, f- f- from that. So mm-hmm. here's hoping nothing changes and they keep moving forward because, Everyone you know, it's all going to bounce back. So, uh, And then lastly, the tropical hideaway yeah. uh, in Disneyland in uh, Adventureland has – a changed menu, a new menu. I have way too many things to try when I get there. <laughs> oh my gosh, the the raspberry Dole Whip is, it good? is my favorite. I saw the video they did of the like loaded one where it has like mangoes and mm-hmm. like, uh, chili, like little chili. Yep. Powder. You, have you got, tried? Have you had that? I haven't tried that one. Sticks of cinnamon really in it or something. It looks yeah. pretty good. Like twenty bucks for a Dole Whip, though. I don't know. And it looks like it has boba on it too. Oh. I I think that's my main thing is, and we'll get into that later for. Dole Whips, as much as I love Dole Whips, it's always a snack for me. It's mm-hmm. never a meal. So Right on. Yeah. So are you good there with the what's happening? Yeah. I'm going to go through a quick This Week in Disney history because there's not a lot happening, and then we're going to get into our other stuff here. Let me bring up my notes real quick. Always have your notes. Always have, I have my, the wrong thing open. Hang on one second. That's okay. I apologize for that. My 10th grade teacher, Mr. Zatola, always told us, take copious, copious notes. <laughs> and I just took that to heart. And now I can't live without notes. <laughs> so here we go. Just a few things. Um, this week in Disney Parks history, February 25th in 2012, Walt Disney Imagineering and cast members at Disneyland California Adventure Park buried a time capsule. Oh, yeah. um, and it won't. It, they buried it in Buena Vista Plaza, and it's to be open at Disneyland Resort in 2037. Oh, that's not um, too far away. Yeah, you, th- you think it was like, that's 17 years away. Yeah. yeah oh man. That's um, February 26, 1995. Grand opening ceremonies to begin for Disneyland's newest attraction, Indiana Jones Adventure. So it was like a couple of week long at a uh, week long uh, celebration there before the attraction actually opened. February 28th, Disneyland holds America Sings Weekend for for a couple of days. Just hmm. to celebrate America Sings. You, you even know what that is? Of course I know what America Sings okay, is. We I'm, talked about Splash Mountain right. last week. Every single Adriana Mantronic is on there now, is in Splash Mountain. Mm-hmm. And then on February 29th in 2012, Disneyland, California, and in uh, Magic Kingdom in Florida had an uh, event called One Extra Day. Basically, because it was a leap year, so they call it, what was it? Yeah, one, one more, more Disney one day. One more Disney day. The first time in Disney history that both parks operate for 24 hours at the same time. Whew. I was at the last 24-hour event ever. It was a fun idea, but wow. Did you stay the whole time? Um, so I went with my cousin from Virginia. It was mm-hmm. her first time ever being to Disneyland or to a Disney park and being on the West Coast as well. So we had already had this whirlwind week where we went up to Portland and did everything. And then we came back and they were like, surprise, you're going to Disneyland for the 24 hour day. And so we drove down that day and I told her like, so she worked at uh, King's Dominion. Mm -hmm. So I thought she was an expert on the parks or on theme parks in general, uh, we get there at two in the morning when people were lining up. And I said, okay, we should go now. But since it was her trip, uh, she was like, no, I want to take a nap. We get there at around <laughs> noon because she has to put on a full Lolita outfit so we can be kind of like dapper day. Right. And we get in the park 
basically no problem. And then later on, she's like, I want to go and take a nap because I'm in heels and fake eyelashes. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, if we go out of the park right now, there's a chance we may never get back in. Right. Are you okay with that? She says, yes, we go take a nap. And then the bag check line. So you know where Harbor and Catella is, right? Yeah. It was at the 7-Eleven on Harbor and Catella, the bag check. Oh, wow. We eventually did get in, thank goodness. That's crazy. But it, I, it was How long was that line? It was a couple hours? Yeah, it was a couple hours. To check in, wow. Yeah, and people were being so insanely rude to cast members. I understand that it was a high-stakes situation, but no one knew what to do about any of it. So, I mean, I'm... Glad that I experienced it, but also kind of glad that it's not a thing anymore. Okay, so we're going to take a quick break and uh, hear from our sponsor. Okay, and we're back. Thanks, Andy, for those great words. He has such a good radio voice. He does, yeah. Um, So we are going to... Feature a cast member this week. So, Brooke, tell us oh, kind of what you want to talk about cast member-wise. Yeah. Since you were one. I was, <laughs> but I didn't, definitely did not work in this line of business. Let me pull up my source. Always have your notes. Yep. So, our featured cast member um, department this week is going to be custodial. I wasn't exactly sure if I should do one standout cast member a week or if I should do an entire it's like a job job an entire department so I figured I would just sort of bounce back and forth depending on what stands out uh this first week we are going to feature custodial and I'm going to start you out with another heroes truly (laughs) I'm going to start you out with another Walt Disney quote all right when I started on Disneyland my wife used to stay but why would you want to build an amusement park? <laughs> right. They're so dirty. I told her that was just the point. Mine won't be. Right. And that's truly where custodial yeah, comes they in. St- they've stuck to that. So Imagine someone envisioning a park where even the trash will be beautiful. And that's yeah. truly what he helped create with these custodial cast members. So you might already be aware of the 30-foot rule. Mm -hmm. What is the 30-foot rule, Sean? It's a trash can every 30 feet. Yes. Um, Why is that? So you can never have to throw your trash on the ground. Yep. There's the old story that Walt Disney could finish a corn dog in 30 steps. I think he could finish (laughs) it sooner than that. Uh, That's impressive. I really do think that it's because of... uh, where yeah. the trash is, there's always one there, so you're not tempted to throw it on the and ground. Always, I don't get it. They're always empty. The cans always seem empty. Yes. They never seem overflowing, and I, you never see anything on the ground. It's We have an amazing custodial team for that. But even in our traditions, which is what they call the cast members mm-hmm. welcome into the company, right. um, they teach us that we're all responsible for the trash in the park. There's a video that had been going around in Epcot of Mickey stopping to pick up a wrapper and throw it away. Wow. And I was like, good for you, Mick. You really (laughs) know what your friend was uh, preaching. He's trying to get that off the glove. (laughs) Uh, 
even the trash can art yeah. uh, goes into the theming. Now, Walt and his crew helped develop a trash can cover that would look pretty on the outside, and then it would be super easy to remove the trash mm-hmm. and replace it uh, without causing a lot of trash to spill over, without causing a lot. And I don't think I've seen a better trash campaign ever because people love those trash cans. Do you have a favorite trash can artwork? I think I, I like them in Frontierland. They how are. they how they mix in with the like Thunder Mountain. I, I think and I, I the like wood them. Look. Yeah, they look with the wood. I like them. Yeah, those are super nice. Um, so uh, a individual custodial cast member. I'm curious member. about Batus though. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Oh, they look so cool. I can't wait. <laughs> they, they look really cool. Uh, individual Cast members in custodial have duties that, of course, include cleaning up specified areas, include switching out trash cans. uh, But aside from their actual work part of the work, they are still a part of the show that is Disneyland. Uh So you will see them in all white head to which that's amazing too. The people who handle your trash are covered in all white. I think that's not dirty at all. Yeah. Yeah. Speaks volumes. Um, You can see them out pin trading with guests, uh, sometimes playing games like cornhole or horseshoes. uh, And my favorite, doing water art. Water art, yeah. Okay, story. Uh, If if you don't know what water art is, it was developed, the story goes, in Tokyo, as everything is, uh, a custodial cast member saw some leaves on the ground and he wanted to work in Disney animation one day. Mm -hmm. And he thought creatively and put the leaves into, I believe the shape of stitch because in Tokyo Disney stitch is the number two character underneath (laughs) Mickey mouse. He is the second most popular character. And someone came up to him and was like, this is amazing. People love it. Let's try and find a way that it doesn't cause as much um, litter to go around. And they developed water art. That man is now a... I I wish I knew his name, but they told me the story when I started working. Oh, that's cool. They they told me the story when I first got into the company and in traditions, talking about how everyone's responsible for that. You talk about that. It's funny. I was watching... I follow a lot of different YouTubers, and uh, I don't know if you... Provost Park passes. Yes, they're actually doing a worldwide like trip right now, and they're in they're in Paris. And uh, so jealous. They showed a, a picture on their Instagram page, and they drew. I think it was Goofy or something. And mm-hmm. they said that the guy looked over the guy that did it looked over, winked at him, and they wrote Provost Park Pass underneath it. <gasps> and they had and they took a picture of it with the water. Oh, that's so magical. Yeah, it's very cool. And they, yeah, they were very happy. And the guy kind of winked at because he knew who the, who they were. And I thought I thought that was cool. Oh, yeah. magic always. I feel bad happening. for them because they, they're, they're they're in the middle of their worldwide yeah. every park and they can't go to to china so Oof. hopefully that gets fixed so they can finish up I'm there crossing my fingers we're hoping for you to have all. them on after they get done with that we've i've talked yeah. to them a few times and they definitely want to come on so uh the custodial cast members in my opinion are also the kindest cast members that you can find at the disneyland resort and i i knew one who had moved up to guest relations from custodial and several other people who had moved up to other uh, departments after they were in custodial and transferred. 
uh, I shouldn't say move up because it's no, no one is beneath anyone else. Mm -hmm. But the way that they were treated by even some of their fellow cast members were, you're the person who just takes out the trash. That's And so they've really learned through cleaning up all those protein spills and sometimes being the, the butt of the jokes, they have really learned to be amazing workers and people to be around. So I, I always have to give them props. I have another story about them, actually. My, yeah. uh, my daughter, when she worked at, uh, in uh, Florida, she came with a couple of friends to Disneyland. And um, I guess when you work for, when you're, when you're a cast member there, you actually have like a blue card or something. That's your yep. ID. She uh, somehow, um, she, she paid for something with her and had her blue card with it and it got thrown away. So they, um, I think it was her, it was that, or it was, it was, it was her blue card or it was a, uh, was it a, uh, gift card? It was a gift card. And, uh, they tried to go look for it. They, I guess, I don't know how it is backstage, but I, they went, that were trying, they were really trying to, hard. they were trying to go through the trash and find it for, cause they knew Aww. where, they knew where she did it and they were trying to, she didn't find it. But I mean, just the effort that they take just. For the, a minimal thing like that, because it was a it was pretty much a decent amount of money on the gift card, but still they took the time. They knew she was a cast member from Florida, so they I think they would do it for anyone. They took that time. Yeah, they were back going through would. the trash, saying, "Oh, it came from over here. Well, let's look in this area. That's not where it would be." And I just, they're so good yeah. about going the extra mile. And I just I, like, and they're just there, and they just you, you don't even realize they're just there. And oh, sunflower yeah. seed, and it's getting picked exactly up. Exactly what it's, it should it's be. The craziest thing. Exactly what it should be. And they you will don't answer, always realize. That they're there, but you realize when they're not there. And you, they will answer any question for you. And it's mm -hmm. just, and I hate like being in the park and seeing people will say, oh, there's something on the ground. And like people trying to be kind of something over here. Like, why would you do that? You know? Do you know about the Disney scoop? Uh-uh. Okay. Well, I'm going to teach all of our listeners the Disney scoop. And this is something that you can do on your own to help keep the park's cleaner for yourself and your world cleaner as well. If you see trash on the ground what you do, and they teach us this so you don't fall over or no one pushes you over uh, in, uh, in the parks if there's a stampede. But they made everyone in traditions get up from their table and you bend down and you scoop your arm down, you pick up the item and you stand right back up so you can keep moving. Oh, wow. So just whoop. And that's the Disney scoop oh, and okay. go to the nearest trash receptacle. Zach will work on that when we go. Yeah, I have, <laughs> I have a, a cast member, a current Disney college program cast member in custodial mm -hmm. over in Walt Disney World. She's a good friend of mine. I was able to get a direct quote on what she did for her work. So, well, it's a lot of work, but it's a worthwhile job to do. Mm -hmm. Working as a Disney custodial, we have high guest interaction whether that be pin trading or giving directions. We do have to deal with a lot, but not only guests, but keeping the park clean as well. Right. But what makes custodial different than any other role is that we are free to do, okay, this is phrased a little weird, but <laughs> we are free to do whatever we want as long as we do our job, of course. That makes sense. That's we cool. can go anywhere in the park and also pick up at any other park if we wanted to. <laughs> pick up shifts. They're right. not allowed to just walk from park to park. <laughs> So th are they are they assigned to areas or are they, are they just are they like quadrants where they have to go or do they just Yeah, so it'll appear on your schedule as your custodial of this park. I'm not sure if they go on 
a bump out system or not. Mm -hmm. I think that's just attractions. Uh, If I'm not mistaken, they're assigned a park for the day and then they're assigned by their lead where to go for the day. Gotcha. And that can change. Um, It has a lot of freedom, which I find attractive about the role. A lot of former custodial cast members say that working as custodial was one of their favorite parts about working for the Walt Disney Company. They say that it's the best role to get, and it has many more opportunities to rise through the ranks career-wise. That's cool. Yeah. Well, we thank you, custodial members. You all, all are you. the unsung you, heroes. Absolutely. That was, a good, that was a good one to start off with. I, that, was, that was good. So next, our topic of the week is about food. Oh, so we are gonna food. we are gonna discuss our favorite sit down restaurant and meal from that restaurant, and also our favorite quick service. I guess All you'd right. say quick service restaurant, quick service, yep. uh, whatever. But so table service and quick service are table the service. nomenclature. So ladies first, go ahead and tell us. Yeah. Who your favorite? Woo. What's your favorite sit down restaurant? Okay, so as you know, I started off working for the Walt Disney Company in table service. Mm-hmm. I started working at Cafe Orleans right. in New Orleans Square as a restaurant hostess. And in doing so, I got to learn a lot about how to make reservations for right. uh, places and who has the best food. Because I'll tell you what, the first thing everyone asks you is where's the best place to eat? That's why I picked this topic. because it's a good. It's a, everyone it, needs to know this. I know. what. <laughs> so many people come to Disneyland just for the food. I love the food. We are trying different things this time. Me and my wife have decided a few places that we've never been to. I've been there so many times. We've never been to Harbor Galley. We're going there. Oh, that's just gonna, good. We're just going to try it. We want to try Yeah, we're going to try things that we've never tried before. So, sorry. Go ahead. Okay, you're fine. <laughs> um, the first answer is going to be the bougiest. Mm-hmm. And I'm so sorry. My favorite table service place is Club 33. Oh, so you've been to Club 33. Mm-hmm. Okay. I've been very fortunate enough. I'm not a member. Right. I'm going to put that out there. But I've been very fortunate enough to be asked to uh, join my friends there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I love their kids' mac and cheese. <laughs> I, I've, had, I've, I've had the steak. The steak and french fries are wonderful. Right. Uh, but I don't, I don't know how much of it is a placebo effect of the food in there, but... I've. I think my daughter would pick had. the. She was still. My daughter would pick the mac and cheese anywhere. So, so <laughs> good. Just, That's also where I had my first sip of alcohol. I, no? I don't drink at all. Right. I don't like the taste of alcohol. But I was in there. I was 21, and my friends were like, "Brooke, this would be so cool to That's say cool. this is the place where." So is it, it a was, full bar in there? Uh, yes. That's pretty cool. Uh, I like being in the lounge more. Good uh, on. Otherwise, if you don't get to go there, uh, Cafe Orleans is my first home, and I love their uh, gumbo, their chicken gumbo, Mm -hmm. and palm frites are to die for. Uh, Of course, most of the time with table service restaurants, it is by reservation only. They Mm -hmm. do take walk-ins, but I love Cafe. Um, The Blue Bayou is... Can we pick one? Your favorite? I didn't know it was one. I thought I thought we were favorites. Just okay, we can okay. talk favorite. No, that's fine. I have a, I have a couple then, so that's fine. Um, Blue Bayou can be a little overrated, mm-hmm. but there's something to be said just about the atmosphere alone. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and then lastly, I love all character breakfasts. Yep. Uh, mostly just because of the characters. Uh, I think Plaza is m- my favorite yep. just because the atmosphere. It's uh, so much fun. It's- yeah. 
Food aside. The first couple times we went, we, when we took the kids and everything, we did uh, Goofy's Kitchen. And I thought it was mm-hmm. cool, but then I realized I'm a time person. I want to be on a schedule. And it's, it's kind of far away from the park, so you have to eat, and then you have to get back over. And then sometimes if you make your reservation too late, then you have to leave and go out. So sure. I... Oh, sorry. Character breakfasts don't always have the best food, Not, in my opinion, nope. but you go for the experience. Absolutely. If you're going for food, though, I am obsessed with the Lamplight Lounge's breakfast. Really? The brunch? Yeah, their yeah. brunch. I've heard that's amazing. Mm-hmm. I will do my restaurants, then we'll go back to our fast, then to, to our quick service. Yep. So since we're doing restaurants, I, I had one picked, which was Cafe Orleans. Yes. Um, like I said, I've been there so many times, but the last time we went... I've heard about the Monte Cristo. I've heard about it. I've heard about it. Tried it. It's the greatest thing ever. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love it. People swear by that. And it was just the, the atmosphere at that restaurant. We were, we were right on the rail. So we're just mm-hmm. sitting people walking by us. And, you know, like you said. I, and they're, they're, I will tell you, everyone asks for the rail. Yeah, so I, we didn't even ask for it. We just got it. It was oh, great. Yeah, score. It was, you were probably just super nice mm-hmm. and the right size party. And a big party, too. So yeah. <laughs> they knew, okay. Um, but yeah, I thought, and we was like, it was kind of like, um, the sun was going down. So it was just like the perfect time. I really liked that of the atmosphere there. Um, my wife had the gumbo. She really, really likes that. It's the best. If we're talking, if we can have more than one place, I will definitely send my second and probably close to tied to first would be, um, Carnation Cafe. Oh, chicken, I only, fried chicken. I only ate there it once. Is, but, it's the best. Fried but that pi- was back when Chef Oscar was yeah. still there. Fried pickles. They have the fried pickles there. My grandpa deep, deep is a pickle. My grandpa was a pickle man. Right. I was not a fan of pickle. Am not a fan. Of really, pickles. really good. So, if anyone's listening out there, Cafe Orleans Carnation Cafe. Obviously, I've eaten the Blue Bayou a couple of times. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's their steak really, really good. I yeah. think to eat at Club Thirty Three like Brooke, but hey, I wish I did. So. It's just all luck and circumstance. This is the coolest thing ever, though. It really is. <laughs> Um, so quick service yes. restaurant. So quick service. My go-to quick service is always Rancho del Zocalo. Yeah. And That's I'm, a good one. it is, they make really bomb Mexican food, especially yeah. for a theme park. Uh, and the portions, the portions mm-hmm. in that, and that probably some of the best portions of any, rest, oh, yeah. any restaurant that you eat at there. So there are multiple places in the park where you can get, Mexican food in Disneyland, it's just Rancho, mm-hmm. but in Disney California Adventure Park, uh, you can get it at the what's the gardens called next oh, to Paradise? I, I know what you're talking park. about. Yeah. Okay, I'm blanking they on that. They have a bunch of different things. There. You can get it there. You get Italian food there, can't you? And you can get Mexican food there mm-hmm. as well. And so. then you can also get them at Pacific Wharf at Cocina Mexicana. And I don't think I like that as much as I like. Rancho. Yeah. So, All right. yeah. Other than that, um, my go-tos, and these are more like snack options, but my go-tos are always Cozy Cone. Mm-hmm. I love the Chili Cone Queso. Mm-hmm. And Coke Corners. Fi- these are both chili-based options. I just <laughs> thought of that. Uh, Coke Corners Firefly, which is just chili in a bag. It's not as great because you don't get the bread bowl. But that and the... Jalapeno cheese pretzel. Right on. Which you can get that anywhere, but that's the only place that you can get it with the discount. Cool. If I had to pick, I'll say pick two places. Um, go to every single time I'm there is going to be the uh, corn dog cart right there. Yes. The the is it the fire is it the fire truck right there on the corner and, and then Main Street is like a little, the little red. It's the corn, corn dog, dog cart. cart. Yeah. 
you got to get one. Corn dog and chips, nine dollars. Best corn dog anywhere. Now, question: because yeah. I'm not a corn dog eater mm-hmm. at all, do you think that it differs from the stage door cafe? Do, do you find that there's a taste difference? No, I think they're the same corn dog. I do too. My one wife, on f- the other hand, the the corn dog place that's over in um in a California Adventure, I'm not sure it is where they actually have like oh, a spicy corn dog castle. Yeah, they have the spicy one. She loves the spicy the spicy corn dog. So that's that's her favorite. We always make sure we do that. And then another quick service one that I kind of like is um I don't know what's called today. Is it, is it Pizza Planet now? Is, yes, that, is that what it's Planet. called now? Mm-hmm. But you get a slice Ooh. of pizza, and then you have the the uh, what is it? The Alfredo that countdown chicken fusilli. Okay, I can swear by the countdown chicken fusilli. That stuff is really good, and it's clearly different than Plaza Inn. But I disagree with you on the pizza. I say Disneyland or the Disneyland Resort does not do pizza well. So I mean, it's the cheaper option, but I would not get you agree, pizza. Zach? You agree? It's not Thank good. you. My- Favorite place is Poultry Palace. Okay. Okay. Ooh, all right. I haven't actually eaten from Poultry Palace. I haven't. I didn't eat your last time. You did, didn't you? Oh, it's good. <laughs> I always go for the Cookie Num Num over oh, Poultry Palace. I think Palace, you did that too, so. didn't you? Yeah, <laughs> Yeah. So the corn dog and then like corn dog uh, cart and then Pizza Planet. Yeah. Those I could good. talk forever and we could talk food. about we could have an episode about food oh we truly could but we have about 15 minutes left so oh we have goodness. we have one more thing to discuss which is our attraction battle so we've been talking we've been kicking ideas back and forth for the past week about how we're going to do this and we we're talking about doing maybe like a march madness kind of uh, bracket challenge which we can work on as well but mm-hmm. i feel like now that we're looking at these two attractions that we're putting against each other i i, I might have made a mistake of putting these two against each other because they're both really really good they're evenly matched they, they're though. evenly matched so we're going to break this down last week it was basically me saying that matterhorn was better because i said so and that and then brooke had like a page of notes so we're going to try to do this a little more point counterpoint point, <laughs> counterpoint this week so and you all listening to the podcast you all at home can help out with this That's right uh comment on our podcast, comment on Instagram, help with our polls, and help decide which will be the ultimate e-ticket attraction at the end of this. So far, we have the first week we had Splash Mountain, we had uh, Space Mountain versus Thunder Mountain. I believe Thunder Mountain is winning. Thunder Mountain is definitely winning. And then the uh, second week we had um, Matterhorn versus uh, Splash Mountain, which Splash, Splash Mountain is, is crushing the Matterhorn. <laughs> so Brooke and I are one for one for our for what we're. Um, what we're uh, backing mm-hmm. this week, we might be backing the same thing this week. So, um, so that'll be different. You guys can decide. So, yeah, for sure. I let's, feel like newer people are going to pick one, and other people are going to pick the other. So, let's lay down the rules of the game. Going to talk about the queue, mm-hmm. which is which. Which one has a better queue, and what's the nuances of the queue? Um, the theme of the ride, just mm-hmm. and then uh, the story behind it, mm-hmm. and then the overall excitement. Yep. And so we're talking about Pirates of the Caribbean and, and the Indiana Jones adventure. One gets to hypothetically stay <laughs> in the Disneyland Resort or in the parks in general. Right. And the other has to be demolished. demolished. Hypothetically. Gone. See you later. Yep. Bye, Indy. New parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, Indiana Jones used to be a parking started lot. started out as a parking lot. <laughs> So um, I will let we will talk first about um, I'll let you go first and okay. we'll talk about the queue of um, 
What, which one are you going to pick? Let's just do this. You want to pick, which one do you want to talk about? And I'll take Indy. Okay. So what do you think? Talk about the queue of Indiana Jones. Okay. I'm going to start out by saying Indy has changed the game in being a new age classic attraction. Agreed. Uh, it opened in 1995 as Indiana Jones and the Temple of the Forbidden Eye. Mm-hmm. Uh, after being essentially the Eeyore parking lot. Yep. Uh, and as for the queue, not only is this the first IP-based attraction in the Disneyland Resort, yep, but it sets up the standard for queues we have today. Oh, yeah. It's- it, it is so incredibly interactive. From the moment you see it in the jungle, you are immersed in the story. You are in that excavation site, uh, being dragged further into the temple, uh, to find Indy. And there are so many opportunities to play. Right. Uh, one thing about that queue is I, I, I noticed like the past couple times I've been there is that they stop you right before you go into the actual queue inside. Mm-hmm. Why do they stop you now? Because then when you walk, you're not, you're, you're not experiencing the whole queue all the way through. You, you get, it takes you about halfway through before you're actually in a line. Is that just for crowd control purposes or? I, I do think it has to do with efficiency no. and maybe fire marshal things. Because that is, if you don't know, that is the longest queue it in, is. In, in Disneyland. It's a half mile in and a half mile out. Yep. So you walk a mile just to go on that ride. Be, that's how, because you basically go underneath the, um, the berm, which everyone knows what the berm is, which is what the train goes on. Mm-hmm. And you walk all the way out in there. And like you said, I, I didn't so mean to step fun, on your thing. Oh, no, you're fine. Fun it fact, is very interactive. I had to uh, walk over the Indiana Jones queue to get to work every day. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Right on. Uh, so... Interaction within the queue. You have so many opportunities. Firstly, with the decoding of the secret language uh, when stepping into the Temple of Mara. Now, they have secret decoder cards that I say secret. Do they still have those? Yes, they do. Uh, It depends on who's out there for the day and how many they have. But yes, they still give away those cards. And even if you don't have one, you can look it up online and if you have a really, really good eye, you can probably just use your eye and translate it into English. Right. Uh, <clears throat> then you go into the caves, which – have you been to the Oregon caves? I assume yes. you have. I I always feel like I'm in oh, the caves. It and makes me think of that every time. I always think, okay, now i got a cave walk. Right. And I talk to all of my California friends about what a cave walk is. Uh, there are moments where you can – pull on ropes and Mm -hmm. things will happen. You can uh, push sticks out of the way and things are going to happen no matter what goes on in this queue. It says don't pull and everyone is pulling on the rope just just because that's what you do. Of course. Uh, No matter what happens, there's always some stimulus around you. And that is why I think it has the better queue. I can't argue with the queue because the the queue for Pirates of the Caribbean, it's... It's the it's the exact opposite, I would say. There's really no queue. It's just you you run around outside for a comp. You go right, you go left. Everyone says if you go right, it's a little bit quicker. Is that true? When you walk into the Pirates, the right side, I believe. I they know say, a lot of people like say, going left. Okay. But um, I, the queue basically for, for a Pirates of the Caribbean is you just weave in and out. And if it's really busy, you're going to be outside going down, mm-hmm. you know, the main street. But 
you barely ever see it like that because that ride's capacity is so quick for mm-hmm. what they go through. But weaving through, the biggest thing I'll say about the queue is when you get up to the door and you walk into the oh, the smell. Yes. The Pirates of the Caribbean and the smell and the air conditioning. The Pirates of the Caribbean smell. I believe there is a candle that you can buy that has that smell. I need to find that candle because that's that's just what? Search Etsy. Search. That's not like bleach. It's the bromine. It still doesn't matter. It's it's the Pirates of the Caribbean smell. So Q-wise, you can't you can't compare the now, two Qs. The Q counterpoint. For, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I, I already went because yeah. that, but <laughs> I, I just wanted to uh, ask you: Have you ever seen the Pirates Q when it loops back to Tarzan's treehouse yes. and then back to mansion? And yep. oh my goodness! Yep. And that's when I don't go on it. <laughs> True. Granted, that attraction was made before this was huge i mean i don't want to say before huge crowd control because the very first day disneyland was open it was a crowd control issue but before it was this large okay mics again this isn't my microphone okay uh the second point being the theme now indiana jones is theme goes seamlessly from the story that you know and love from the movies and we are set up in the temple of mara we are going to essentially rescue indiana jones and this was a project that every detail is attended to uh some of my favorite tricks in practical effects in theme parks happen inside this ride agreed uh whether it be the uh ecvs or not ecvs i'm i'm sorry i'm thinking of enhanced motion vehicles emvs i'm thinking of the scooters that you can rent at the front (laughs) of the park uh or my favorite effect is the illusion of choice room Mm -hmm. at the very beginning uh the theme is so present throughout the attraction and it's something that people even if they don't know the story of indiana jones can automatically feel like they're in this adventure land yeah i mean like when the queue sets up that to where okay you're gonna do this you're gonna go on this adventure and the guy and it it, it is a great theme Mm -hmm. theme is great (laughs) yeah pirates the caribbean theme it's it's pirates that they're just great um the theming of that is when they did change a little bit, when they had, you know, they now have Johnny Depp in there and, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So um, it's a different theme. They didn't know what they're going to do with that when they created it because everyone questions, you know, how come when they begin any of the attraction, they're, they're bones. And at the end, it's actual people. They're saying, that, that's, they're saying that's for a reason. But the theme-wise, I think Pirates is right there with this one because it's so much fun and there's so much to look at. And Truly. there's – hundreds of animatronic audio animatronics which and that's the and that's the first time the audio animatronics were used or close to it that's maybe maybe it's not the first time but the the enchanted tiki the room, tiki room were you're right the i'm sorry first audio yeah. animatronics made but for, for uh, but after, full humans that looks like a full human so after uh great moments with mr lincoln right. which was the first right. human audio animatronic this was the first one to implement it on a mass I scale i appreciate you keeping me keeping me yeah for straight. sure <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i just just the idea of it. It's so much fun. And and you're always looking and I've spent on it so many times and there's always something kind of new to, that you always look at. So theme wise, I think it is right there with Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones is new, more current, more 
like you said, the the vehicle. And you know when they create that vehicle, they they thought of an idea about making it flip. I did well, hear they, that they, they, they would have an idea of making the whole thing flip upside down, like you. But that would have been that, really scary. Okay, as expensive as it would be, I feel like that's one attraction. It would be interesting right. to see what they did. And you know, it wasn't the first Indiana Jones attraction made for Disneyland. The stunt show. Uh, true. That was in development at the same time. Uh, I meant the one in Disneyland Paris was the first to open. That's right. But so theme wise, I said, I think they're close. I don't know if you agree with me on that. I think that they're both really, really close because you can't, you can't argue. You don't agree with me. You think, what do you think's better? Oh man. Okay. Well, he's wrong. So that's okay. So last, um, story wise. So Indiana Jones story, go ahead and talk a little bit about that. We have about Five minutes left, so... Okay, story. Uh, well, I have a story for you. Okay. My very first trip to the Disneyland Resort, I was 11 years old, mm-hmm. and the rest of my family was really tired, and so my cool older cousin... They, they're all older than me, but my cool older cousin, Taylin, was like, oh, well, you want to go to Disneyland with me at night? <laughs> and I was like, just... The two of us? Okay. And we stumble upon the Indiana Jones attraction. And she tells me, is this a new one? I've never seen it before. And we felt like we had discovered a whole <laughs> brand new location. And oh, wow. so, mm-hmm. And so venturing into the temple, shielding ourselves from the eyes of Mara, right. and going on this rough and rugged adventure with Indiana Jones along every turn felt so real to me. The story Oh yeah. The story truly is one of those first moments where you feel like you're in oh, I agree. the middle of the action. I absolutely agree with you. Uh and yeah, they they did an incredible job with that. I would say it is a new age classic mm-hmm. and they Oh, absolutely. People rag on uh intellectual properties on IPs being integrated into rides all the time. But this one clearly stands the test of oh, yeah. time. 25th anniversary is coming up next week. It is. <laughs> they had a pin release and everything. The merch looks really cool. Right on. Um, the story of Pirates of the Caribbean is the way I talk, kind of talked about in the theme. But the story, it's just it's, – it, one word for that story is just fun. I, I think that ride is – it's just fun. Um, all the stuff to look at, all the, the history with that ride, and which – Story-wise, obviously, Indiana Jones crushes Pirates, but I think this, I just love the story of Pirates. I love the music of Pirates of the Caribbean. Just that song stuck in your head after you sing it. So in wrapping this up, one point of why you think Indiana Jones is better. I'm so sorry, Pirates. This, oh, this is so hard. One point as to why I think it's better. The vehicles don't bump each other at the worst <laughs> times. That's it? I, I think that okay. would be my that's, that's, my that's ending fair. point. The vehicles don't bump each other and everyone goes, ah, but not that's in a true. fun way. My point, my reason that Pirates is better than Indiana Jones is because it was the last, last attraction that Walt Disney was working on before he passed away. So that ride carried on his legacy. And like we discussed, how he was pushed through it with, you know, they pushed him through on a chair so he could see everything. And But uh, it was the last thing he was working on. He did not get to see it finished. Um, and I think they did a great job with it. Yeah. Redhead, 
You happy with the new redhead? Of course. Right? I think we, all we, we, we all the want the redhead. I love red. <laughs> and if you've not gotten a chance to talk to her in the parks before or after you see great. her on the ride, I love red. She technically, I don't know if you know this, but it's been a part of her story since the beginning. I don't know if you've ever seen that painting in the skeleton yep, room. that's her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it already shows her as a pirate captain yep. after all of all of that think, part in the beginning happened. I get why they did so, it. I absolutely, I get why they did it. Mm-hmm. Good on them. Um, and and you have you have Johnny Depp. Yeah, is on that well, it, too. So it's all always been the story and the idea of for for that point. I'm sorry, I'll throw no. this one to you because it is no, Pirates of the Caribbean. You're fine. Um, uh, the idea that the story can be fluid and the continuation of the story doesn't necessarily have to have a specific starting or stopping Agreed. point right. in the same way that... Haunted Mansion. Well, Haunted Mansion, yeah. yes. I, yeah. I was going to say in the same way of the song. No, yeah, yeah. The, both those songs are written for the same the same way so you can sing whenever. So so like, like Brooke said... Let us know on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook or whatever. Um, Which one would you keep in the parks and which one would you destroy? Hypothetically. Hypothetically, we're not actually in charge of this. (laughs) Nor nor would we. No, I wouldn't want to. Those would be like the last two attractions I I would uh, touch. I think that was a bad two to put together. So we are at our time. Brooke, thank you for staying and doing this. Thank you, Sean. It's Zach, always a blast. Thanks for, for, for helping us out. MVP, Sean. That, that's or, right. Sorry, Zach. It's late. It's all right. We appreciate it. And uh, as every Disney cast member says, have, have a, a magical, magical day. day. Hey there, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Extra Magic Hour brought to you by the Dcast and the DizInsider.com. For more podcasts and content, make sure you go to DizInsider.com, your number one source for all things Disney, Pixar, Marvel, and Star Wars, breaking news, and all that jazz. Also, if you want to hear more, go to anchor.fm slash the decast or the decast.net. Thanks for listening, and have a magical day. are now listening to a member of the disney podcast family head over to disney podcast family on instagram to see all the latest posts for this show and links to other great disney podcasts